All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How are you? How's your week? How's everything? Good. Uh, week's going by. Things are happening. It's November. Things are happening? Oh, not really. I'm just, just in the world. Just in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Midterms. Last night. Did you watch them? Did you follow them at I all? was kind of like following them just on my phone. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's the best we could do. I mean, I don't have cable. You have cable. Mm-hmm. Do you have cable? Mm-hmm. You have cable and you pay for the, <laughs> the creepy box? I don't pay for the creepy box anymore. Oh, you don't have the creepy it's box a, anymore? The creepy box is a flat flat fee of like $80 right. okay. five years ago. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I could build one. Yeah, easily. Yeah. They yeah. use a Raspberry Pi 3. That's right. The same thing that you use to make that uh, game system. The little video game console. Yeah. It, it's funny you say that. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and I've done some research, mm-hmm. I've done some sleuthing. I'm pretty sure the N64 Classic is going to be announced tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Are you I an N64 person? I sure was. Yep. Yep. Goldeneye. I think everyone, like everyone in, we have a window, like probably like five years younger than you and like five years older than me. That yeah. Or big N64 head. I think it came out in 1998. Mm-hmm. And they I got it that Christmas. Dang, wow. Yeah, it was huge, man. My parents my parents did a really good job of giving me cool shit on Christmas Day. And like, not not spoiling me throughout the year, but on Christmas Day, I'd be like, whoa, what? I didn't even ask for N64. This is fucking crazy. Oh, that is good. Yeah. I think my brother got it for his birthday. Yeah. And we only ever had... Like two or three games. Like we played it for a decade. Sure. We only ever played Ocarina Smash of Time. Smash Bros. Okay. Uh, we didn't have Smash Bros. Didn't but have the guys Smash. across the street had Smash Bros. And like uh, Pokemon Stadium and even right. Mario Kart. Like we didn't have some of the essential ones. We did not have uh, Goldeneye. We didn't have uh, Mario Party, Mario sixty four. Yeah. We didn't have like some really essential ones. Uh, Paper Mario. We had Paper Mario. Really. We had interesting. We had Lego <laughs> Racers. Oh yeah, these you're these are deep dive for some of them were were bizarre but ocarina of time is essential sure well i've never even played ocarina of time it's i mean some people call it the greatest game of all time on n64 uh or or video game consoles in general like i mean it was the first game to revolutionize 3d gaming how so but before uh, ocarina of time there was no walking in a three-dimensional unit in video gaming wasn't that didn't that happen in like uh mario 64 yeah, but they came out on the same day. They, uh, were they launched both with the system. Up. Gotcha. And like the world, the overworld was so much bigger in Ocarina of Time. Really? Yeah. And having played Breath of the Wild, it's probably like so teeny tiny now, but I'm kind of excited to play that game again. Really? So anyway, the, the first NES classic mm-hmm. that was announced just before Christmas two years ago, they didn't make enough on purpose. Then they uh, canceled production when people still wanted it, which made no sense. Nintendo has some very weird policies on uh, scarcity. Right. Doesn't make sense. They did the same thing with the SNES. Yep. And now uh, we're a year later. The N64 seems like the the next logical step. Uh, requires a stronger computer. Mm-hmm. Um, probably will cost a little bit more, but the demand will be off the charts. Yeah. How does it require? Oh, it requires a little bit stronger of a computer in the system itself. Well, the N64 is named after its 64-bit processor. Right. And the reason I I researched the the raspberry pi Mm -hmm. and ended up building uh a little uh homemade nes snes system was really i wanted to find a way to play ocarina of time again so i was like can i build my own n64 yeah and i did get it to play really i did get the rom to work yeah but it was super glitchy oh gotcha yeah so you didn't you didn't try anymore but it's perfect for Nintendo and Super Nintendo. It's perfect for Nintendo, Super Nintendo, both Sega systems, Game Boy games. <laughs> wow. Uh, like Atari, obviously. Do you have it here? Yeah. Can we like go on regular or Super Nintendo before I leave? Absolutely. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I, I just want to see how it works. It's really What do you cool. use for a controller? Do you need... Well, okay, so it, Raspberry Pi 3 is like a really cheap uh, computer system. Yeah. But it doesn't have... Uh, any kind of software loaded onto it. It's just like the motherboard itself. Right. Oh, it's, are you going to tell me you use your phone for it? No. Oh, okay. Because that's would that be? Well, that's what you use the the for the Cody. You can download oh. an app that basically has the remote control. Right. 
and that's what you use to use the Kodi. Probably a similar premise. You can code uh, wireless controllers with the Raspberry Pi. Oh, I didn't do that. Right. Uh, I uploaded uh, an OS onto it called uh, RetroPie, which is uh, like kind of the hosting system for all of these old gaming like retro ROMs. Yep. You download the ROMs from a torrent site. Okay. You load them on with a USB drive, and then you get uh, any kind of controller you want, basically, as long as it has uh, a USB adapter. So a company called RetroLink makes the N64 style controller, no but way. with a USB adapter, right. and you configure it, and you can use that to play basically any game, except N64 games are really glitchy because right. they're stronger. Right. Cool. Wow. I might get... And how much are the USB adapters for uh, Super Nintendo and regular Nintendo? You could get those those controllers at like Best Buy. They're twenty bucks. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because people have been playing these games, especially like original Mario Bros, like yeah. the old NES games. Yep. People have been playing those on their home PCs, right? Like classic gamer junkies. Yep. Since way before Nintendo started allowing it, right? And so you people have been buying these old classic controllers to play them as if it was on their old TV. Oh, but on the computer. Yeah, yeah I remember kids doing that in like two thousand seven when I was in like high school. Totally. Cool. So yeah, anyway. I'd love to do that. So if you hear anything about the N64 Classic being announced, mm -hmm. uh, give your old buddy Sweets some props because he did his investigative duty successfully. I'm talking about it as if it's definitely going to happen. Is I just, it not I just have definitely a happening? I just have a hunch. Well, the, the, the system is definitely happening. Okay. They filed a patent for it. Right. Uh, and plus, uh, Sony uh, is releasing their PlayStation Classic on like oh. the 1st of December. So it would be wise of Nintendo to try and blow it out of the water. I don't think PlayStation Classic has anywhere near the nostalgia core that Nintendo in general has. No, it had a better Tony Hawk game. Did uh, it? Yeah. And I'm struggling. To, it had like also a better snowboarding game. I, I can't really think of a whole lot of Yeah. What well, was it like that, Cool Borders or something? Or? Maybe. But you could get some a lot of those games on. See, that's the thing is in those days there was crossover. There was so, so much crossover. You had you had a buddy who had a PlayStation 1, you had an N64, yeah. and you had all the same games. There still is crossover too, isn't there? There is. I think less so though. Okay. But you could get like Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 4 on or whatever it is, Red Dead Redemption 2. 2 on Xbox or PlayStation I think game? so. I think so. That's a that's a Rockstar game, right? Uh, you can't get it on Nintendo consoles. It's too strong. No, sure. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, Nintendo was never really included in those. Not it, I, well. I was going to say they weren't as violent. That's not necessarily the case. Rockstar did make a game that was kind of a flop. It was called L.A. Noir, and so it was right. kind of like uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, but it took place in like 1940s, uh, like. Uh, New York, and you play yeah. like a gritty detective. Oh, okay. So the problem in that is that the games that they excel in are games where you're outside the law. You're right. literally an outlaw. You're the bad guy. Or you're a guy who steals cars. And so playing a cop was not that fun. In, right. in, but anyway, I was going to say, you can get L.A. Noir on Nintendo Switch. But that's the okay. only Rockstar game you can get on Switch. Right. Yeah. And this makes me really just want to go play N64. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll be able to soon, although it's going to be hard to get for this holiday season. Well, I have a regular one, and Jen has Smash Bros that she picked up from her house the other day. You so. have your N64 store. I have an N64. See, my yeah. parents moved a couple of years ago, and yeah. we can't find it anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It's a bummer. I, I think the only game I've ever beaten was like Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey 98. No way. Yeah. That was like... It was a big year for me. I wonder me. if that would be fun to play or if it would be a pain in the ass. Uh, it would probably be a pain in the ass, but I remember like the muscle memory that I had committed to that game was insanity. Do you think you still have it? No, not at all. No? Oh, do I think I still have the game or no, do I, mean, I think I still have the skill? I mean the muscle memory. Oh, yeah. no, I don't think so. No? No. Nah. I think we should put that to the test. Sure. All yeah. right. Okay, what do we have in here for uh, for pop culture news? Can you catch me up on on Andrew Lincoln? Do you know anything about what's going on no, there? No, all I know was uh, what Chris Hardwick posted. I'm, he's stepping down, isn't he? Did something? Well, he left the show. Okay, Andrew Lincoln. We we know he he was leaving. He announced last year he was going to leave Walking Dead. Right, which just makes sense. Like move on with your life. Totally. Uh, and I think did you watch this week's episode? Nope. Okay, I, I I've been out on. Oh, you have Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay, I don't really know what happened, but I'm pretty sure he left the show in this episode. Oh, I, I don't. See. I don't know if his character died, or I kind of got the impression his character died, but I oh, don't. I don't know. Wow. What's weird is that they've announced uh, spinoffs for Walking Dead, which he's going to be uh, a part in. So movies and TV shows, like he's he announced last year he was going to leave Walking Dead to pursue other ventures, and now he's pursuing other ventures within Walking Dead, <laughs> within the the uh, WDU. Yeah, which seems really bizarre. That's. 
insane. Then again, is he past his prime for movie stardom? Has he is that one little job in Love Actually his only other thing? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not willing to write like the thing about. I like Andrew Lincoln. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the thing about dudes in Hollywood is like they look. He could get a job at sixty. Mm-hmm. And be like, whoa, he's winning an Oscar for this performance. That's right. Remember when that guy was on Walking Dead? He's, yeah. He can do this too. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Everyone thought he was washed up. People said that about like Mickey Rourke. And then Mickey Rourke was in Sin City. And they were like, whoa, the comeback. And then he was in The Wrestler. And we haven't seen him since. To but... be fair, The Wrestler was about a guy who was washed up. That's true. Like that really worked for the narrative. That's true. And actually, who he played in Sin City was kind of like a washed up guy who's past his prime. I wonder what he's like. I mean, obviously, he's kind of out there. Yeah. Is he artistically out there? Like, is he like a Joaquin Phoenix type who would be kind of difficult to work with because he's so pure in his artistry? Or is he just an asshole? What's wrong with Mickey Rourke is what Hard I'm trying to, to say. Ask. I think he's more like a little more hardcore. Yeah. You know, less um, less artistry and a little more like, oh, if I'm doing it, I'm fucking doing it all in. Right. You know, that kind of guy. Like, he, he became a boxer, like a literal boxer. I think he fought in like title fights and stuff and didn't really go anywhere, but tried to just because of the method. Yeah. I think he became like obsessed with it. Right. Speaking of the method, uh, you saw a star is born. Mm -hmm. You were underwhelmed. No, no, I I wasn't underwhelmed. I I enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. I enjoyed it. I think, I think the, the thing I was saying was like, I wasn't surprised by any of the, by the, the, by any of the sadness in it. I think maybe because the sadness has been really hyped up for a few weeks. Okay. And I mean, it's like when you watch Titanic or you watch the notebook or something, you know, going in, one of these people is going to die. That's what the whole point of the movie poster is. Yeah. And also it's called a star is born. Therein lies a suggestion. Someone's going to die. Right. Well, kind not really. No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a rule, but I think that there's something in there that because something is born, something else dies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, it's the circle of life, baby. That's right. It's showbiz, baby. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I thought it was actually really like I was very entertained by it. Surprisingly, so um, it was a good movie. It had good music. Oh, the music is so good. Can you believe how deep he got his voice? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, he had a lot of fry going on. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine came. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are saying he was trying to do like a. And Eddie Vedder, I was thinking he was doing more of a Dave Matthews. Has Dave Matthews been brought up in it at all? He's got he doesn't a, he's, do like he's got a little bit of a I guess no, like the like southern thing. But, but Dave Matthews not, is famous for his falsetto. He's from he, but Dave Matthews is from Virginia. But like when he speaks on stage, he's like, you know, this song isn't about you know yeah. wars or yeah whatever. Yeah, he's got like <laughs> such a. I guess he's like regionally vague. I think at the end of the day, he's just supposed to sound like Sam Elliott because there's yeah. a plot in there where he actually stole Sam Elliott's voice right. to sound more cool. Yeah. Um. He was my MVP of the movie. I mentioned that to you. I Sam, Elliott Sam Elliott was the best. It. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Sam Elliott. I know he's been around for a long, long yeah. time. No, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's just like burped straight in. You sure phone. did. Yeah. <laughs> I heard. Did it you all. really pick it up? Yeah. <laughs> you heard every bit of that burp i'm yep. sorry i uh, saw it on the audio stream I, over here yeah, i thought you were gonna say you saw it come out of my mouth <laughs> a little cloud <laughs> um no uh yeah i was trying to think what else has he been in because he's obviously been recognized for other things i know he had a small part in lebowski but that oh, wasn't yeah. like uh i don't know what he's what his big iconic thing is no. just like modernly uh he's in the ranch and so i just right. associate everything with the ranch as bad yeah, no, I think he's like a pretty hardcore actor himself. It kind of throws you when he turns out to be Bradley Cooper's brother in the movie. Wasn't that a weird reveal? Yeah, but it's cool. And I kind of knew it because the last like three weeks on Time Crisis, they've been talking about it. Oh, yeah. So they kind of did, like, they had a few spoilers there. You know what kind of doesn't hold up for me? I really liked the last song and I thought it was very Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. I yeah. thought it was like really, it was good and she sang it really well. Uh, the part that doesn't add up for me narratively, and I know it's kind of like a fairy tale, but mm-hmm. she's like, my husband wrote me this song to sing one day, and she's so surprised that he's dead. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. have you heard the words of the song? It's yeah. like, how will I go on without you? Yes. Yeah. It's basically like the peace out song yeah. that he wrote. Yeah. 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 I know. Good movie. Very Do you think good. the agent in that was a bad guy? Yeah, of course. But I mean, like, he's a, he's a, a sign of like a lot of people. Right. I, I think that guy exists. I think that guy exists too. And do you think that guy 
No, I can't can't do too many spoilers. Yes, but you can. We just did. Do you, do you think that guy would... Right, we talked about how he died already. Yep. Do you think that guy would feel bad knowing that Bradley Cooper died? Uh, no, I don't even know if he'd necessarily take responsibility for it. I don't right. think he'd see it as his fault. And by the way, it wasn't his fault. He said a no. horrible thing. It's true. But Bradley Cooper's character died because he was very sick and very sad. Yes. He had a depressing life. In a very fragile state. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Andrew Dice Clay was good, too. Whoa, who's Andrew Dice Clay in Her it? dad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit. I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, People he kind of mentioned... disappears in there. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, people had mentioned that it, that Dice Clay was in the movie somewhere, or I remember people saying he was in a movie and then like kind of forgot about it. And as I was watching, I thought, who is this guy? Yeah. Does he always just wear a wig in real life? Uh, he is kind of bald in real life, isn't he? Or does he have like a pompadour? No, yeah, he has like a pompadour style thing going on. I don't on. know. Yeah. To answer your question. Okay. I don't know. You just, you didn't recognize him because he wasn't wearing his big ski glasses. Maybe that was it ridiculous too. ridiculous sunglasses. He, be, he basically looks like little Steven in, uh, in, uh, in Sopranos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Except he could like break you in half. Yes. 100%. Right. He's not little at all. No. She he, was really good. Yeah. Do you think Oscar worthy? I think it'll probably pick up some Oscars. I mean, it'll pick up like best original song. I actually think the uh, of the main most exciting awards, I think the one, and I haven't seen all of the movies yet, but it seems the one that is probably most likely is best director for, for Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. It feels to me anyway, just like it stands out. Where's Bradley Cooper going to be in 10 years? I don't know. He's over being like sexy, funny guy. He wants to just be 100% serious all yeah. the time. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I like the way they did... I was a big fan of actually the whole way the story went pretty much like yep. even from him walking into a random bar and it wasn't just a random like karaoke bar. It was a, uh, it was a drag bar. It was a drag bar. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, but like he, he discovered her, which led to his death ultimately yeah. discovering her because he needed a drink. Right. Yeah. There was all this like layers in his, yeah. The, it starts with his alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing you see is him taking a drink. Yeah, and then when he's taking a drink in the car, in the back of the car, yep. in the background is a billboard with a bunch of nooses on it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Was there another noose in the movie at some point? Well, he mentions when he's at rehab, he's telling his therapist that when he was like 13, yeah, he tried right. to hang himself. Yeah, that yeah. was a, at that point, I think he kind of knew that that was going to happen. Like I said before, I knew it was going to happen anyway because he dies in all three movies. Like the, the arc is the same oh, okay. right across the board. He discovers her. Had you seen any of the other movies? No, okay. but I've seen some clips from them just right. like kind of in researching. Uh, usually the movie is about he gets jealous of her fame. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much about that this time around. There is the scene with the bathtub where he's very jealous, but it's more that he resents that she's changing. Right. She sold out a bit. Yeah. But does she sell out? Because like the, the label wants her to go blonde and she goes red. <laughs> yeah and like that seems like a defiance right it was awful hair but like it does seem like a defiance and when he's when he's quoting her song lyrics to her and she's in the bathtub and she's like yeah those are my that's my song yeah. like there's something about it where she's owning it and yeah. it feels less like she's selling right it. she's not like they told me to do that right yeah she does have a backbone in it mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. was i going with that how she didn't sell it yeah anyway oh yeah the other movies are about how uh, right. how he uh, gets is really jealous. jealous and this was kind of more just about his general sadness right uh yeah what do you think of the grammys oh yeah that was pretty rough rough man yeah pretty rough yeah yeah that was the most cringy scene in a movie this year no second cringiest to uh a scene in eighth grade which i won't spoil really yeah okay yeah well, now that we've sufficiently spoiled all of A Star is Born, yeah. <laughs> everybody's seen it. Everybody who wants to see that movie has seen it. Some I think so. have seen it two or three times. Anyone already. who's passionate about going to see that movie. Idris Elba, Sexiest Man Alive, People Magazine. Wow. Yeah. I feel like they're getting old. They're just like, they're going with their key readership. So the age totally. of the Sexiest Man Alive keeps getting older and older. Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas it used to be like Bradley Pitt and Matthew McConaughey when they were like, 29 and 30 yep they're now at idris elba who is well last year it was like blake shelton yeah (laughs) there there you go come on people who watch the voice yeah they they know their audience well now idris elba is undeniably sexy and cool but you're right he's much older yeah also i can't believe that custom still exists like i can't believe 
not not that not that we need to worry about men feeling objectified. That's not my point. It's just so tawdry. The premise of sexiest man alive. It is weird. Why? Yeah, are people really like vying for that title? Did, did his PR people say like throw his hat in the ring? I so? think there is like a silent campaign about it. Yeah, because I know that Ryan Gosling was offered it a couple of times and he refused it. Really? Because it's tacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Although it's also not tacky. Like I don't begrudge anybody who gets it, but it's like it's also kind of a cool power move to say, nah, no thanks. I don't want to be. I, well, the other thing is like if I'm Ryan Gosling. I don't need to be reminded I'm sexy, right. which is true of all these guys, except for Blake Shelton. <laughs> Who needs very much to be reminded he's sexy. I think You've so. seen his old tweets, right? That are like super like yeah. homophobic and like yeah. racist. You yeah, had to apologize for some of them. I don't he think sure racist. Did. I don't think racist, but I definitely, yeah, um, kind of passively he's homophobic. He's like, I cried today and then I reminded myself, I'm not a queer. <laughs> like, oh, it was God. so like, oh no. Jesus, Blake Shelton. Yeah. What are you saying? He is still with Gwen Stefani. That's weird too. That is a long running thing now. Did you know why Gwen Stefani wrote Hollaback Girl? I saw it on Reddit the other day. No, but I've been looking for this answer for 12 <laughs> years. Okay, so she wrote Hollaback Girl as a response to. <laughs> 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 to On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Yeah, I was going to say, as a response to 9-11. To what the fuck are you talking about? seven years early. No, uh, as a response to Courtney Love, who called her out kind of saying, you know, what did she say? She said something about the fact that like, oh yeah, being a singer is like being in high school. And, you know, I don't care about being the popular girl, the cheerleader. I'm not going to be Gwen Stefani. Okay. And then Gwen Stefani comes back with like, the whole cheerleader anthem, like right. cat, doom, doom, cat, yeah. I heard that you were talking shit, and he didn't think that I would hear it. Guess what? I read People Magazine that yeah. day. That's great. And honestly, it's weird that anybody ever had a problem understanding what Hollaback Girl was about. It's clearly about taking the high road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Um, have you ever seen the, there's apparently an interview that exists with Gwen Stefani and the Harajuku girls. Mm. This is like, speak of the high road. My sister told <laughs> me this and I laughed so hard. She said she once saw an interview with Gwen Stefani and the Harajuku girls. And one of the interviewers like asked one of the Harajuku girls a question like, Hey, um, did you ever, and, and Gwen Stefani kind of like cuts her off and she's like, no, no, uh, only, only I can see them. What? <laughs> only i can see them like only i can see them like they are in my they're my posse in my imagination like the wild things there is a yeah you cannot see them oh my god isn't that weird as shit yeah that's really crazy Uh, that's really crazy but a good story i kind of like it i remember that age where there was a time where like the biggest pop stars and specifically female pop stars i don't know if this was propagated by the labels it probably was to an extent but they're supposed to have feuds within their songs it's like diss tracks but for uh teen princesses yeah and like i remember a pink song do you remember the pink song stupid girls where she directly calls out like britney spears and jessica simpson Right. I don't want to be a stupid girl is the premise of the song. Okay. And which is like most pink songs, especially from that era is you can't make me into one of those blonde bimbos. Right. Uh, but I remember the videos were like openly mocking these poor women who were just <laughs> famous and not just that smart. Trying to do their job. Yeah. Yeah. Not knowing what the chicken of the sea was. Well, that was a, is that a newlyweds reference. Yes. It is. Yeah. She, it was tuna. Okay. Tuna, the chicken of the sea. I remember buffalo wings, but buffaloes don't have wings. (laughs) I remember that one. Right. That was a good one. That was a classic. I could give you 10,000 guesses. Probably not 10,000. I could give you 200 guesses and Mm. you wouldn't guess the member of the new Veronica Mars writing staff that I'm thinking of right now. Somebody is writing for the new season of Veronica Mars. And you would never guess it. Okay, give me three questions. Okay. Were they already a writer that we know of? No. Okay. Uh, um, I don't I don't think so. Definitely not a TV writer. But they're I'm assuming an actor? Nope. Not an actor. Not a writer. I'm a, must be a singer. Nope. Jesus. <laughs> Again, not in any serious kind of way, anyway. 
Right. Like maybe there was some weird hip hop track or like maybe this person wrote a children's book, but not a writer, not a singer. Okay. Who is it? It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I, I wish I'd looked into it, <laughs> but he's going to write for Veronica Mars. You know how it was weird when they rebooted Rose- Roseanne? You're like, Norm MacDonald's going to write on that show? This is so much what weirder. What the fuck? You it's- realize he's like, he's not like one of the best players of all time. He's like one of the top three players of all time. Full stop. Yeah. Just He must just love the show and like wanted to give some input or something. He's not even that outgoing of a guy, I or don't think. Is he like, I've never seen Veronica Mars. Is there any chance he's like a meme within the show? Like maybe? maybe there's like a running Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joke in Veronica Mars. There very well could be. I'm not that familiar with the show. I'm not either, but it's so, it's it's like a living Mad Lib. It really is. Yeah. The, the only real TV stuff that he's done is Airplane, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> he was the co-pilot in Airplane. Right, yeah. But he played Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's writing for like little indie cult hit Veronica Mars. That's incredible. Is it a movie or a show? That it's a show. They're doing a new season of the show. They're doing a new season because I know they did a movie a couple years ago. Yeah, that's right. They did. I think it was a crowdfunded movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Kristen Bell's coming back. What's it going to? Is it going to be on Netflix? I think so. I think it is. Now that you mention it, yeah, it wasn't originally. It was like on one of those little tiny networks. Wow, man! I want to. I'm going to do a deep dive on this. I'm going to have an essay prepared. There's clearly something we don't know. There's an element to this. That's more than just, oh, Kareem's going to write for Veronica Mars. Uh, I so don't want there to be. Me too. I just want it to be a plain (laughs) season of Veronica Mars. And every joke, you're like, I wonder if Kareem did like a rewrite on that. (laughs) Can you get Kareem to punch this up for (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Bring in the big man. That's right. Is that what his nickname was? No, he's just a massive. He is a large guy. He's a large person. Kareem the Dream, I think, was his. Speaking of reboots, are you up on Breaking Bad? No. This was kind of the big pop culture news today. Ugh. So Vin, I don't want to hear it. You probably don't. Although maybe maybe it's not so bad. Are, do you watch Better Call Saul? I don't. It's apparently pretty good. I know. People love it. Yeah. But I I it, it falls too much into my prequel. You do struggle theory. with prequels. Well, this might be safe then. Okay. Because Vince Gillian is writing a movie. Which appears to be, I don't think it's confirmed yet, hmm. but it appears to be, based on a few descriptions, a Breaking Bad sequel in which Jesse is the main character. Wow. It's a movie about Jesse Pinkman post-Walter White, which is not really a reboot. Right. It's not, it's not too much, I don't think. Yeah. The, only, the only thing that's kind of frustrating is the mystery of what happens to Jesse after this and kind of the melancholy of what's likely to happen to Jesse right. after this is kind of beautiful. Yeah, that's the thing. You 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 can make up your own ending with yeah. Jesse Pinkman. But if you have him come back and he's still running drugs, you kind of think, oh, like the movie that I want to see is him just raising a family and getting caught at uh, uh, at the bank during a robbery at the wrong time <laughs> or something. Like I don't want it to have anything to do with him selling crystal meth. Well, that's the 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 arguably the greater arc in that story is mm-hmm. is how he overcomes. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, uh Walt undercomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an undercomer. And Jesse and Jesse overcomes. Uh, all we know is that it's a story about a guy, a young man who is kidnapped and escapes capture. Okay. So how is it a breaking bad thing if it's not about uh Jesse Pinkman? Right. And it might, well, it could be tied in with Better Call Saul, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But it wouldn't be as good. Like I said, I don't think we have a lot of confirmation except for that. It's happening. And the weird thing here is that I, I heard like Penn Gillette on a podcast a really long time ago talking about how he doesn't really watch movies anymore. He only watches TVs. because, And this is the phrase he used that stuck with me. He said, because TV is doing the novel. And then I started mm. to view Breaking Bad as this modern age's great American novel. Right. It's this, uh, uh, what, probably like 45 episode, uh, 45 chapter novel of a great American story that tells about disenfranchisement and the state of the world Mm -hmm. and all these different themes. Uh, So to add to that, it really kind of muddies the waters a little bit. And you like to think that the genius of Vince Gilligan would know better than to keep poking around. But JK Rowling does the same. She can't get out of the world that she, she built. Right. That 
I will agree with Pendulette in the fact that you have to be a little bit more masterful with TV because you don't know, like maybe the show gets picked up for a second season and a third season and a fourth season. So if you can wrap a show up and it be a masterpiece, yeah, then you've, you've done it. And it is a novel, but it's a novel that you don't expect necessarily, or you don't know where the next book is going. Whereas no. when you start writing book number one, you might have an idea. Well, if you say book number one, you're implying there's a series to every book, and there's not necessarily. But That's what I'm true, saying right. is if, if Vince Gilligan was never a TV producer, if he was just a novelist, mm-hmm. and he wrote Breaking Bad as a book, one mm-hmm. big, thick motherfucking book, and it was written really well, it would be considered one of the classics because the story is so American. And it's arguably one of the most well-told stories of our time, Breaking Bad, new original stories. Right. Uh, and so I think that's what Penn was kind of getting at. That's where yeah. the good work is. That's where right. the good writing is, is in TV, which is also a little oversimplified. Um, but all Don't the tell extra, Bradley Cooper. I know, hey. Mm-hmm. I know. All the extra the extra uh, sequels are kind of, they can, they can often ruin a thing. Although, and I mentioned J.K. Rowling a minute ago, they had a, a fan screening of the new Fantastic Beasts. It's apparently amazing. I believe that. I'm excited. I really believe that. Looking forward to that very much. Uh, okay, another reboot. This is just what the show show has become. Discussion. <laughs> Which reboots are happening the this week. Okay, so this Friday, the new Grinch comes out, which seems early. No, I think it's pretty on par. I think if you looked when the original Grinch came out, it would be like November 5th. Maybe. Maybe you're right. It's supposed to make like $55 million domestic this weekend. It's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody our age just seems really annoyed by the existence of this movie. Yeah. It looks really sanitized. Like, uh, well, well, I mean, for one, it's made by Illumination, who mm-hmm. did like Despicable Me and the Minions. Right. And there's a thing in the trailer where the Grinch is woken up by an alarm clock and it's happy by Pharrell Williams. And Pharrell uh. is playing the narrator, Dr. Seuss, in this movie. Pharrell is so the narrator. It's just they're leaning right into Minions yeah. because they made so much money. Right. Worst news. Illumination has acquired the rights to Shrek. and they- They're doing a reboot of Shrek. I yeah. saw that today. And yeah. Puss in Boots. Yeah. So uh, it was announced a little while ago that some they were trying to shop around Shrek to get a reboot going. Yeah. Uh, and now we, we know it's going to be that animation studio, which I think implies it's going to look a little different. Yeah. But the, the thing about Shrek, I mean, we were talking about Genie a couple of weeks ago with mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Like, I don't think Donkey is Donkey without Eddie Murphy. Right. You have to back up a Brinks truck. And I think that's true of all of those main voice actors. Yeah. But they're not going to ask the same people to do it again. Yeah, I think they have to. And then it's not really a reboot, <laughs> is it? That's ridiculous. Yeah. You're replaying. Is it, what is it? Is the script different? I, I don't know. That's the other thing. That's the other question is a reboot. Are we telling the same original story again about yeah. the rescuing of Princess Fiona and the stopping of her marriage? This is so dumb. It's really dumb. It's so sad because when Shrek came out, it was subversive. It was like, yeah, sure. it was in a weird way. It was edgy for a family animated movie. Mm-hmm. And it was so fresh for a thing that was based on stories that all existed before. Yeah. And minions are the opposite of fresh. They're like mm-hmm. uh, public enemy number one for recycling stuff. Right. Uh, and I mean, Shrek was already kind of a tired, excuse me, a tired thing. And here, here we go again. Yeah. Well, this, and it's funny that Despicable Me was like the parent of minions. Yeah. And then minions just became its own thing. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of, of something that's 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 similar to that. It'd be like if they did a Star Wars movie just about the Porgs. Like the minions were funny in the Despicable Me movies, which especially the first one was quite good. Like yeah. really very funny, but they're this like little side thing that's good and it's good because it's off to the side. Mm-hmm. When you make a movie about them, it's annoying, except little kids aren't critical enough to know it's annoying. They just see these like yellow it's blobs that, that fart, and that's hilarious. And yeah. so suddenly there's like Asian girls with minion backpacks. Right. <laughs> you, no one's at it better than you. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh, I should have talked about this earlier. This was this was so apropos to our initial conversation. Tonight. Oh God! Animated Super Mario Bros. movie in the works. I'm in. Me too animated like shrek animated i think so i think okay. like or not unlike illumination right uh or, or dreamworks or whatever um it's kind of bizarre to me that hasn't been in the works already where's mm-hmm. this been have you ever seen the live action mario brothers movie i've never seen it no with bob, oh, you haven't with bob hopkins hoskins bob hoskins and yeah. john leguizamo it's john leguizamo john leguizamo as is luigi? luigi oh my god it's 
fantastic. That is a deeply uh, uh, Latin <laughs> Super Mario Bros. It really is. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, no, I've never seen that. And then there was another one. Was it Double Dragon? Did Double Dragon exist as a movie too? I did. Yeah. And it was sick. The, as the, a child watching. They're also talking about doing a Legend of Zelda Zelda TV series. The same showrunner who... Actually, this is funny. He's the guy who's doing Castlevania right now. Okay. Uh, he's also... I forget his name. He's the same guy who we talked about last week who ran his mouth about The Simpsons. He's the guy who made uh, press last week by saying... Because he used to write on The Simpsons. Right. By saying that they're going to cancel up who... And then the show had to come out and be like, uh, we never said we that. We didn't say that. So it's this guy, this big mouth guy <laughs> is the showrunner for Castlevania. He's also rumored to be making a Legend of Zelda TV series, which seems very iffy. Animation or otherwise? No, like a, like a serious live action, like mm. medieval style show. Weird. Maybe cool. Maybe cool, but Link famously doesn't talk. That's like his thing. Oh, he's too silent. Yeah. Who would they cast as Link? Whoever they want, I guess. Yeah. You know who I, the only person I think of when I think of Link is um, Legolas. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably like loosely based on Legolas. Possibly, He yeah. probably is based on like Tolkien illustrations. Yeah. Video game adaptations famously don't do well critically. Right. Commercially, I think they have done okay. But like, do you remember when Michael Fassbender did, uh, what's the friggin' video game series a couple years ago? Uh, it's like... Uh, what's the thing where you go into like a into like a chamber and then suddenly you're back in time and it's like you're swashbuckling and stuff? It's a video game. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Yeah, he, he did, right. He did the Assassin's Creed movie. Yeah. Uh, and like, what a weird choice. They've done a couple of different Lara Croft things. Did the did the Alicia Alicia Vikander Lara Croft come and go? Yeah, it I don't did, know if it came it? out or not. I think it did came it? out. It was Probably. a lot of talk about it. It must have come out. It's funny that Angelina, the Angelina Jolie one, I don't know if you ever saw it, no. but it sucked. Yeah. Well, that's but what I mean. But it was also a success. They all suck because a good video game story is not conducive to being told in a, like like Zelda, for example. The whole point of Zelda is you have to go through this tier of dungeons and that's just not fun on TV. Right. Just, it's incredibly predictable. <laughs> yeah. Let's not make that show. Or okay. watch it. They're re-releasing Deadpool 2 as a PG-13 movie called Once Upon a Deadpool. It's coming out uh, December 12th in select theaters. I don't know why. To maybe make more money? Is it supposed to be like a Christmas spin on it? I don't know. They're, they re-edited Deadpool 2. It's the same movie, but they same cut movie. out the R-rated stuff. Hmm. I saw Deadpool 2. I didn't. It's pretty funny. Yeah. I yeah, bet. Not bad. Yeah. Okay, last thing I want to talk about is, is SNL. Uh, because... This was the return ever since the the Pete Ariana breakup. Yes. They both returned within the same hour of each other. She put out this new song. Okay. Thank you, next. And then, which sounds sassy. It's actually not a sassy song. It's, okay. it's an okay song. Um, and then Pete kind of mentioned it very, actually, v- very chivalrously, I think. He kind of said, I'm not going to talk about that on Weekend Update, which I thought was really cool. He caught a lot more shit for his jokes about the Republican congressman with the eye patch. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that too. Didn't go Especially well. after after like you learned that it was because of a war related. Yeah, he was in Afghanistan. Yeah, that's yeah. hard to... I, I thought that at the time. It was kind of cringy. Yeah. Man, you can't go after a guy. You can't make fun of a guy. But who, he's just having a rough couple of months, Pete. He's just like... He's kind of becoming that guy who steps in it a lot. Yeah. At least he acknowledged how insane he looked. After making fun of everyone. I feel like that kind of like... Yeah. Like, uh, what's the word? Diluted it a little bit. He just in general looks insane. He looks like an insane person. Yeah. He's a bizarre looking fellow. Yeah. Yeah, if you watched the whole thing, I'm sure you wouldn't be as offended as if you just saw the snippet of what he said. Yeah, a context is everything. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about shows. I think it's your turn to go first. Okay. So you may pick whichever one you like, and I will put 30 seconds on the clockaroo. Okay. Which... One. Okay, I'm definitely going with the bodyguard. All right. Because <laughs> I don't really, I didn't pay enough attention to. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go okay. It. Recap the first episode of. It's not the bodyguard. It's just called bodyguard. bodyguard. The bodyguard is Whitney Houston once again. Holy fuck! Oh no, you watched the wrong stop. thing. Oh no. <laughs> so Kevin Costner's and. <laughs> and uh, hey, do you know what kind of coordination is best? 
What is? And I. <laughs> uh, we should just end right there. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, recap first episode of Bodyguard in three, two, one, go. Okay. So David is a former uh, Afghanistan Middle Eastern vet. He is on a train with his kids. Uh, there's a suicide bomber. He tries to talk the suicide bomber down and eventually gets the suicide bomber off the plane. She's okay and stops everyone from shooting him. He ends up uh, being the bodyguard to... Uh, many dignitaries and gets assigned a new politician uh, a politician who's actually pro-war and sends people over to the middle east willy-nilly uh and at the end it's kind of revealed that he might shoot there <laughs> he might what shoot there uh at the end it's kind of revealed that he may have plans to assassinate this lady because of his uh does he have plans to assassinate her i don't know Right. So everything you said is true, except it's important to connect the fact that his heroism on the train where he was able to talk down the suicide bomber is the reason he is now the bodyguard for this person. Like right. he got major promoted. Yeah, that's true. Because so it he's a hero. It wasn't his goal all along. No, in fact. But I think it's making him think about it. I think he's kind yes. of like getting these post-traumatic thoughts. Right. He has a whole lot of PTSD and yeah. he's referenced, he says it to the suicide bomber. He's, he says, uh, I, I was over away at a war. Uh, I watched people dying, almost died myself for cowards who yeah, just sent he, us over there. He, he makes it's, a point of saying that, you know, it was other people's decisions and they don't care and we yes. have nothing to gain. It's established then that he's pretty anti-war and yeah. he's troubled by it. He also has this like war friend who he goes to see who's even more uh, anti-war. Like yes. he's really mad that David is now working for this home secretary right. who, like you said, is, is very pro-war. And she's kind of like a no-nonsense serious person. But he is, and Becky and I were joking, like he is professional to a T. Like yeah. he, the way he calls her, mom, mom, mom. Actually, mom. Actually, I'm, mom. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check, check the whole premises yeah. first. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. When he told, Stay the, back, mom. When he told the driver to take the certain route, I was yeah. like, you are so good at your job. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see how annoying that would be for someone who's sitting in the back. Like, I just want to fucking go home. Okay? Yeah. And he's like, uh, recognize. I, <laughs> what does he say? He's like. Did a risk assessment, mom. Realize that. <laughs> it's like, shut up. The other thing you left out is his personal life where he has two kids. Yes. Uh, I mean, you said that, but uh, he's separated from his wife. Right. That he, is important. He wants to get back with his wife. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they're very much still, in, he calls her love. Yeah. And at one point she does kind of have to tell him, like, listen, don't call me when you're drunk to yeah. flirt with me. Right. Uh, but probably the only reason. I think it's kind of a regular thing. Yeah. Probably the only reason they're not together is his PTSD. Yes. She's like, you need to work through some stuff. You're not okay. Right. Uh, but he loves his, his kids. Important uh, to mention, this guy is Richard Madden, mm -hmm. who was Rob Stark on Game of Thrones. Yes. He is likely to be James Bond. I heard that. Which I wasn't super into when I saw his face. Yeah. And then I saw this show. Really? Yeah. Did that you watch the second episode? I did. I've, I'm, I've watched almost all of them. Okay. I'm into this show. Yeah. It's I, good. I've only seen the first two. I really like it. It's good. I don't... Yeah, I want to watch the rest of it. I, I'm honestly not sure how crazy I am about him. That's interesting. And I really liked him as Rob Stark. It's interesting because I, I can't necessarily put my finger on why he's charismatic because he's so quiet. Yeah. But I do root for him. And I, I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that I watched that Ibiza movie too. Was he in that? He's the main love interest in that. Ugh. And I, yeah, God. and I know that this is like a big show that I, and I, I do find it entertaining, but I also find it a little bit like there's a, I don't find it hard to follow, Yeah, but I find it a little boring at times. Oh, that's so Not in the first two episodes. Okay. So the first, first couple episodes are good. That's too bad. Cause I've really so enjoyed the first two episodes. And maybe I've just been busy with other stuff. Like I had big events coming up and so I was kind of emailing during some of the shows too. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if I went home right now and finished it with Jen, what I would say about the whole series. Like there are two crazy scenes in the second episode without giving anything away. Mm -hmm. There are two action-packed scenes that are like, oh my God, what am I watching? Right, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and and that's, that's he just handles it so well, mm -hmm. I guess. And it's funny too, like... I'm, Is that when he puts the hat on? Oh, when he puts the hat on. <laughs> we were laughing at that hat. <laughs> I had such a good laugh at that. It's so did such Jen. a I was silly like, cat. Make sure you put the hat on, yeah. bud. I guess because it says police on it. Right. 
But like, but it's, it's such. A, it, you're right. It is like what uh, the hat a toddler would wear. It's so silly for a Halloween costume. Yeah, it's a police costume hat. Yeah, yeah. You're, that is the scene I was talking about. But also the scene with the truck and at the schoolyard. Like, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, crazy. You're right. It was all very good. You're right. After uh, after two episodes, I will say the same thing. I was fully in. Yeah, I don't know if it gets a little carried away or if I get a little too into the into the weeds yeah or if the show gets a little too into weeds. well and i mentioned that he's so professional too like obviously there is a sexual heat between he and the home secretary in that mm-hmm. first episode and they develop that throughout the show um and i'm actually it's fine to me if they're gonna if they're gonna bang but i i'm more interested in just him protecting her i don't really care if they're in love right which i think the show is about them being in love yeah and uh i i would much rather see him n- uh, making sure she doesn't get assassinated Right. I'm more into that. Yeah. I think you're going to like it. I think um, I understand why it was followed so heavily. Yeah. And you said like it had the most viewers. I don't have the stats, but it's a BBC One show that's now been picked up by Netflix. But when the when the first season finale aired on TV, it was like the most watched thing on the BBC. Right. Since like 2004 or something insane. I think yeah. it just has this gradual build of suspense and mm-hmm. like and involvement. I don't normally get so into something that has zero laughs. Right. Within one episode. It was just good writing, I guess. Yeah, it, and and the first episode especially with the suicide bomber and like man, like I thought I I started to convince myself that this was the only story for the first episode. It was just going to be all suicide bomber and him right. like and that was going to be the kind of show. But it is kind of the inciting action. It's it's all yeah, because sure he does this one thing that he gets uh inserted into this world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, he's kind of like, it also kind of reminded me a little bit of that Jack Ryan show we watched. Mm-hmm. It was better than Jack Ryan, though. Yeah. Uh, like, he's this kind of serious, uh, supreme, kind of solo, kind of lonely, former uh, vet, now soldier cop guy. Right. Taking a more white-collar job. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's not, it's nothing about John Krasinski because obviously John Krasinski is charismatic. I was just, I care, I care more about David Budd. Do you, Jack you find Ryan. him charismatic? I, I don't, don't, like I said, I don't know why yeah. because, because you're right. He, he doesn't say much, but I'm super rooting for him. Borderline, uh, spectrum disorder going on. I think like that level yeah. of, of intention. He's very intense and, and he's very, I don't know. He's just so good at his job. I think I root for people who are really good at their job. <laughs> Man, married to his job. Yeah, he's yeah. so good at his job. You're right. And like he's got kids and he loves his kids. I find, I'm finding that to be a recycled premise a little bit. Like we finished Get Shorty, which I realize I'm the only person in the world who watches that show. <laughs> yeah. um, like that's a, it, like Californication. These shows about dads who are who kind of have a dark streak but love their kids right. and are trying to win their kids back it's a really winning uh really forgiving i guess it's a it's element. a positive trait it's a it's a reason to to root for somebody and it yeah it forgives it forgives all of the bad things they do you're yeah. like oh but he loves his daughter right he's not a bad guy loves his daughter well david bud's not a bad guy no not especially in the second episode you're like oh this is a good guy right but maybe not so professional mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i definitely give bodyguard my s yeah, I want to. I want to also. Uh, speak, I will give him my ass. Speak directly sure. to my dad and tell him you gotta watch the show because I think I think he and my mom. He hasn't like watched it. it yet. I told him today also because my parents binge shows like teenagers. Nice. And uh, I think they I think they like Bodyguard. All right, I like it. All right, okay. We got a bit of a uh, an ambitious one, I think, with this. It's a little bit unconventional in that we're not going to recap the pilot episode of House of Cards because who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna recap the first episode back of kind of the reboot of House of Cards. Episode uh, 601. And we've never done House of Cards. Well, we talked about it a bunch. Right. Like, I think, and not in a it's long probably time. probably our most talked about show that we've never done. Not in a long time, but there were a number of times in the past where we were like, well, we'll do House of Cards, and then we last minute would change it, because I think neither of us ultimately really cared about the show. Yeah. But there's something significant about it coming back without Frank Underwood in the in the me too era yep like that was one of the one of the initial ones uh-huh. and this is the new version of that show so chapter 66 the season premiere of the final season of house of cards starring robin wright that's right i'll recap that on go in three two 
One, go. It's been 100 days since Frank Underwood died mysteriously, presumably in bed next to Claire. 100 days also since she be officially became the president of the United States. Uh, the investigation of Zoe Burns' death, which appears to be suspicious, has now been uh, directed towards Doug Stamper, who has taken credit, responsibility for the murder, even though evidence suggests otherwise. He's in psychiatric evaluation as such. She, Claire, as president, is trying to establish some of her new uh, feminist uh, agendas as president. And and this power couple, actually, I think they're brother sister power couple. Greg Kinnear and Diane Lane. Yeah, uh, they have their brother sister. I not think they're brother sister. Oh, that's weird as fuck. Yeah, they have a mansion together. Um, they uh, although this show kind of loves that. Remember, like back early on when when they had like threesomes with the driver and stuff. They oh, like to have like Meacham. A, a Meacham. They like. I to feel have, like the loss of Meacham was the loss of innocence for the show. Absolutely. Without yeah. Meacham and Freddie, the show stopped. Yeah, mattering. you're right. Freddie was super important. Freddie died in real life. Oh, really? He died last year, yeah. Because uh, he had nothing more to live for. It must be that. <laughs> it must be it. Yeah, so... Uh, also a heart attack. They, uh, Greg Kinnear and, and, and Diane Lane had a relationship with uh, Frank's presidency, mm -hmm. and he made them some promises, whatever those are, and she doesn't really intend to keep those promises because she's her own president, right. and Greg Kinnear's quite peeved by that. Yes. Possibly to the extent that he might have put a warning shot yeah. out on her. yeah. From like a, so he runs. Uh, I'm assuming some sort of uh, like an oil. He's a he's a, um, a tycoon. He's got yeah. a huge beach house, and he throws a Fourth of July party. Right. And by the way, when Claire comes over to the Fourth of July party, everyone else at the party is shockingly cavalier about the president walking in. Yeah, no one cares. No. It's like, oh, this is just one of those parties that the president comes to, I yeah. guess. And she doesn't seem to have any sort of secret service around. Not really. Like, <laughs> it's just her by herself. Okay, we they should cut the budget. We should really state. Uh, there are going to be some major House of Cards spoilers in here. And in order to discuss this, I think we're going to have to, like we already have, mm -hmm. reveal some things about what happens in the first five seasons. Sure. Granted, I didn't watch season five at all. No. I don't know if I watched season five at all either. Was that the one with the bomber? I don't I don't know. There was a bomber, and my sister and her boyfriend are friends with that bomber. Oh, cool. I IRL. Great. Yeah. There was also a shooter, but that was a long time ago. Maybe... Yeah, no, it wasn't the shooter. Okay. Because the shooter was the guy who worked at the newspaper, wasn't he? Maybe it was Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas? And who ends up going to jail. The guy who was in love with Zoe, and he kind of becomes obsessed with the fact that Zoe couldn't have just yes, commit suicide. that's right. He was the shooter. Yeah, I think he was. And then he gets killed, and I think Meacham gets killed right. in that same scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This show had extraordinary promise. Mm -hmm. It really did. Mm -hmm. And... It was based on a British show. You're right. Uh, that moment in season two, episode one, I, the first season is like a two-hander. It's like the show is about the crooked politicians and the would-be crooked journalists. Right. Respectively, Frank and Zoe. Mm -hmm. And they have this kind of weird, perverse sexual relationship. Yeah. And they're kind of helping each other out. They're both helping each other climb the, the rungs of power in their respective fields. Yeah. And so it's a show starring Kevin Spacey and Kate Mara, very sensibly, the two stars of the show. That's right. And then out of nowhere, I mean, if you don't know the previous series it's based on, season two, episode one, he pushes her in front of a train. Yes. And it becomes his show. And it is to date, I don't care about the show at all anymore. No. It is to date the most surprised I've ever been watching a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it at the time either. And... I honestly kind of wonder if they made a mistake there. Yeah. I mean, he always kills Zoe. Yeah, no matter what. The... Francis always kills Zoe. But let's keep it to three seasons. Yeah. Let's let's make what happened at the end of... Like, I want to see Claire kill Francis yeah. at the end of season three. Well, and yeah. When she becomes president and he needs to and be pardoned. I don't, I don't know if we learn in season six that she killed Francis, but what I understand is that they are really guilty of making the show about Francis, even without him on it. Like, I, ca I got that impression. Like, and, th there was a lot of Francis talk. And there's a part of me that, that thinks that's wrong. Like, we talked about that with Roseanne a little bit. Mm -hmm. They just made a show about Roseanne. The difference is that show is called Roseanne, and it stars Roseanne as Roseanne, basically. Right. This is, they had to fire Kevin Spacey. Right. But they should be able to tell a good story about Frank, who's a character they wrote. Mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of appreciate that. Um, and also, it is kind of a disservice to the 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 menace of Frank for him to just go away easily. Right. Um, 
but ultimately she is just as evil as he. And it, it, it's convenient, too, that they had developed her to be as evil as he yeah. even before the Me Too thing. Right. Like, it, it makes sense. It would not hold up if she, if Robin Wright was just a supporting good wife in this show, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she was an evil genius because they had to fire Kevin Spacey. Right. They, they did have the groundwork laid yep. for that. Does it that make sense? Late. Totally. Yeah. My brother made a really interesting observation years ago when it wasn't really clear how long they would run the show. Uh, and this was before Netflix kind of established a habit of making eight to 10 episode seasons. Mm-hmm. These are 13 episode seasons. Right. Those guys are always 13 episode seasons with the exception of this season, I think. And so it really seemed like they'd probably do four seasons because that's 52 episodes. A la the number uh, of cards in a deck of cards. Yeah. Which I thought was a really clever observation. That would have been crazy. And then they just couldn't bear to, to not make to more not money. To not make more money. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what do you think about someone who can just put their two fingers through a drywall and let a bird out? Yeah, that was kind of strange. What was the metaphor there? Why was there a bird in there? I think. What that, did the bird represent? She called it Francis. She didn't crush it with her fist like it looked like she was going to. She I think the metaphor it. was like she's letting letting him go and it's her time to move on. She probably killed him, though, right? Yeah, that's kind of what they insinuate at the end of the episode. I think so. They kind of bring it up at one point in the middle of the episode, and then toward the end, you're like, she says, like, men like Francis wouldn't just go away. Like, she says it kind of like you said it. Yeah. How Francis kind of just goes away. Right. Yeah, that's true. So, and then she puts his ring on her middle finger, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a... How did the ring get on the bed? My turn now. Yeah, I don't know. Is there is there ghosts involved Frank in ghosts? House of Cards now? Do you know what else was really unsettling? So there are all these like flashbacks, right, to when mm-hmm. she's a little girl and she's getting kind of pushed around by boys. Yeah, and so obviously that's like that's not hard to unpack. But where mm-hmm. she runs to the barn to get safe, and then her friend, who's another little boy who kind of just got like pushed into picking on her too, yeah. goes to see if she's okay, and he's looking through like a hole in the naughty wall of the barn. Yep, and she's like, "I'm okay." And then she jams a broom handle through the hole. Yeah, that was pretty rough. I felt that through my whole body. She jams it hard. Like, that kid might be blind. I would say for sure, if not with brain damage. Right. Yeah. They don't show it, but it was you felt it when it happened. Yeah. It was very unsettling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What did you think? Were you entertained by it? Nope. Neither was I. Nope. I could not. I think this show is super high on itself. The amount of times I looked at my phone was astronomical i just find like, what are people saying about it uh i don't think people care now i think it's kind of unfortunate but like and i don't want people to lose their jobs but there's just nothing i i can root for anti-heroes but there's mm. just nothing why would i root for her yeah why why would, why did i root for him i don't know yeah she had a lot she has a lot less personality as a character too she's so cold and i'm not saying women need to smile more it's just like <laughs> It's just, uh, why are you so cold? You have no friends. Right. And like when Diane Lane calls her and she puts on like the, she affects like a weird voice. Yeah. Because they have, it kind of like implies that they used to have a silly friendship. Yeah. And then Claire tries to be silly for a second and it's like, I don't buy this. Yep. That wouldn't happen. You know what stood out to me? Uh, Greg Kinnear, because he's trying to defend that she should hold some of Francis's promises. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I'm my own president and I'm going to make uh, women a priority. And he, this is literally what Greg yes. says. He goes, no, no one, one loves, loves women more than, than me. I do. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that's God. That can't be a mistake. Why? Yeah. Why did he say that? I mean, because of Trump. That has to be a Trump oh, reference. Oh, right. First of all, no one loves women more than I do. Yeah. That's, that's, what Trump, that's how Trump talks. That has to be a Trump reference. But then why is... But he's not Trumpian really in many other ways. No, except for that he wants there to be more back scratching of insiders. Yeah, that's true. And he's like a billionaire. Greg Kinnear just seems too smart. He's too sweet. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, he's just too like nice. Yeah. He just seems more well put together. So I went ahead and I watched the last 10 minutes of the series. Oh. Skipped the whole season. Good for you. I like it. This is something we should do more. Well, where it allows, we usually talk about new shows. When we don't like the show. Yeah. Well, I knew I'm never, I'm never going to invest more time in this yeah. show. And some stuff happens in the series. Okay. In the season, for sure. I won't okay. say it. But... And you can tell this by the last 10 minutes? Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, there's certain stuff I don't really know what they're talking about. But there's one very big thing, which I'll tell you because who cares. Sure. She is pregnant. Holy and shit. And so by the end of the season, she's 
mega pregnant. So she's she's pregnant with Frank Frank's baby. Frank's baby, or is it the journalist's baby? Well, they imply that it's Frank's baby in the last ten minutes. Uh, Probably not the journalist. The journalist is a type one diabetic. Have to get that in uh, real life. He is. Yeah. yeah, I found him to be the least interesting person <laughs> yeah. I've ever seen in Which a show. Which is weird because I I actually liked him. Uh, he, again, but it's not his fault because it's just the way they wrote so many people. They gave Frank a lot of interesting lines, and everyone else was just such a bummer. Right. And Kevin Spacey was also a producer on the show for a while too. Yeah. So you got to wonder, like, if he was like, what was Fincher's involvement in this show by the end of it? I have no idea. Was he listed in the credits? He probably still is. I don't know if he's like a like a creator of the show. I mean, not originally, obviously, but like he was he directed the first episode. Yeah. That's all. I think he was a producer, at least early on. I don't know if he remained a producer. Yeah, I'm... You got me. You got me. There's also a lot of discussion about, like, threats against her life. Mm-hmm. And that seems to carry through the season, too, and what I saw in the end. Like, the, there's a lot of discussion about all the people who want to kill her because she's a woman president. And it makes me wonder a little bit, like, had there been a woman president, would that have been a thing? Would that be the main focus is just, like, making sure lunatics don't kill Hillary? Maybe. I don't know. It's. I was kind of thinking while I was watching that. Do you think there's anything to it being rigged for the safety of the public? Like, what do you mean? F- like an election being rigged, knowing that a woman would face more death threats. Let's go ahead and put Donald Trump in there instead. I don't think so. This is like a huge, like, it's almost like a, you like think a, they, that's, that's really out there. Yeah, I know. I was, listen, I was just blue sky. Trump is the president to protect Hillary. Cause <laughs> after all they're friends, right? He went to her wedding or she went yeah. to his wedding or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah I think I you just uncovered it. I think I figured it out. Yeah. But no, I, I did start to wonder like, wow, maybe, you know, I wonder if like it would have been more dangerous for Hillary to like there has been any any hits out on Trump yet that we know of. That's because the kind of, and I hate to generalize, but the kind of people who shoot presidents love Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. I'm not even sorry to say that because he wouldn't disavow Nazis. So I'm allowed to say it. I think there you go. We took a dark turn here. We did. Because it's a dark show. It's it is a, a stupid dark show. show. It's Man. a show that takes itself way too seriously. Even, even on sunny days in the show, it makes it look, 10 times darker than that's a bit of an issue i have with with house of cards and frankly bodyguard and a lot of shows that we watch these days that are dramas is everything is blue everything has this weird blue filter and i don't get it you're right the sunniest days the days that would be beautiful there Mm. is there's there's no yellow in house of cards there's no warmth which i guess is on purpose and obviously Mm. that's fine doug what about doug i i like doug you hate doug yep doug was always like one of my favorite characters of the show why were you rooting for him? Because I don't know. he had weaknesses. I, you know what? Weirdly enough, I think it goes back to his addictive personality. You love this is a freaking weird thing. You love junkies so much. I do. I love a good junkie story. I like the and story. I, I like a recovery story too. I like the yeah because he really triumphs. Yeah, I like. <laughs> I, like well, I mean, but he goes. He's doing the twelve steps, baby. I liked the whole thing with him and. The hooker, who is Rachel Brosnahan. I thought that was a compelling story. Oh, yeah. She's Mrs. Mabel. Yeah. Um, wow. The, uh, yeah, different different turn. Yep. Um, I thought that was compelling. And when he buries her with a shovel, mm-hmm. that was that was like, oh, finally, we saw something kind of badass. Because right. the problem with the way they kill off Zoe is it's it gives you such a rush of adrenaline. It, it really teaches you anything can happen in this show. Yeah. That you chase that feeling for two and a half seasons and nothing happens. Something that I, I would be remiss in not mentioning. Did you watch any of the recap? Yes, I watched the whole recap. <laughs> you just watch all of the people that get killed and like, yep. so like... Now Frank's just pushing people blatantly downstairs. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what is happening? Everyone is dead by Frank's hand? Well, some, some of the... Yes, that's right. That that's they, when I was like, this is so dumb. You don't even like, have people is... to do your killing for you besides dumb. Doug. You, like, actually kill people with your bare hands. When he kills Zoe in the train station, that's preposterous. Yes. He, he doesn't plan that. He doesn't yeah. do the math of it. And, and she kills 
the journalist yep like in the white house with her bare hands she chokes him i think yeah he pushes that lady down the stairs i don't know if he kills her in doing that but like that appears to be in the white house it's just like at the yeah (laughs) without giving anything away that's how the series ends too with a murder in a place that's like how are you gonna cover this one up yeah right and does he like break the fourth wall and say like i don't quite know what i was thinking (laughs) what i just did but Hopefully we'll find a way around this one. The breaking of the fourth wall is stupid. It was like, it, it was only good in the second season fin- p- premiere where yeah. Frank turns to the camera and he's like, did you think I forgot about you? Other right. than that, it's just like, what are we trying to achieve here? Yeah. You're not teaching me anything. Yeah. And that suddenly. And it happened like five times in, in this episode. So much. She ke- she keeps saying the same thing. She keeps saying it's going to be different now. She's like, do you care about me? Are you listening? <laughs> Do you care that it's not Francis? I feel like that's a big, so needy. That's such a big metaphor for the show, too. Yes, exactly. Like, hey, so Spacey's gone, but... Uh, I want to be clear. We're not advocating that, that Spacey should have kept his job. And I also feel bad for people who might have lost their job otherwise, but this was just not... It didn't come back good because it mm-hmm. didn't leave good. Right. It had been on too long already. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We think three seasons, man, leftovers. Perfect. It's a great model, isn't it? I'm going to reference that for every bad show. Yeah. Should have been three seasons or less. Maybe that's our sign off. Should have been three seasons yeah. or less. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, that's that's pretty good. I like it. That's pretty good. <clears throat> good thing we don't have a season model on the show. show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sweets of the Slaney saying should have been three seasons. Well, I think that's what's pretty to- strong. I kind of like it. It's a good it's it's a good credo. It's a good life philosophy. I'm in on it. I think we've said it a couple times. Should have been three seasons. Should we keep it brief? Yeah. Or like should have been three seasons. Should have been three seasons. Should have been three seasons. Okay. Okay. Should have been three seasons. I think we like it. Or less. Yeah. Alright. Alright. <laughs> well, this is uh Matt Slaney of the show show. And it's Colin Sweets of the show show. Saying should have been three seasons. Or less. <laughs> <laughs>